Brilliant. Well, it's uh, it's great to be uh, together this morning and just to have this opportunity, isn't it, to, to fix our eyes on Jesus and to remind ourselves who he is and to begin to give him an opportunity to speak into our hearts and lives about what it is that he has for us too. And, uh, and as we do that, I want to start this morning, I want to ask you to think for a moment about who, if you had some good news to share, or, or if you had had uh, a, a real need that, that you needed someone to come and help you out at short notice, who would you contact? Who would be at the top of the list for who you'd call? And it might be that you, you struggle to think of anyone quickly. Or it might be that you have one person who, who stands out immediately and you know I would call that person. Or it might be that you have kind of three or four or five kind of people who it depends on what the situation is, but those are the people who you, you kind of think of. But I imagine for all of us, it's not a particularly long list. But the people that you think of are likely to be your closest friends. And, you know, friendship and, and friends is, is something that we've all had since we were children. You know, in fact, as children, our friendships are often kind of our most valuable relationships that we kind of pour ourselves into. So here's a little video for us to watch as children share their thoughts on friendship as we get started. What makes a good friend? A friend is somebody who you, you meet up with often when people play with you. Always hugs me. Um, a good friend is someone who picks you up when you fall, makes you laugh, plays with you whenever you're sad and like just would just do lots of things for you. Helping you and just being kind. Give them some of my toys. To be kind to each other and you don't argue. Or if they listen to you very nicely, we can play with them or we can play with somebody else. And you be kind to them and you never argue with them. Um, accepting for who you are and what you're doing every day. If they're kind to you, if you're ever, like, sad or angry. He's always been there for me to help me. If you're playing the game, you can let them join in. If they don't want to, you can just say, if you want to join in, you can. I think makes a good friends that they take care of you and when they... If you fall over, they help you, they pick you up. I think a good friend makes you um, happy and is always lovely to you and it's always like funny and nice to you. Are you a good friend? I actually don't know, but I've got a lot of friends in the class. I know that. Brilliant. I, um, I, I'm, I'm definitely in the category of a, of a good friend who's someone who uh, always gives me a hug. That, um, that would definitely be, uh, be up there for me. But, you know, they say some lovely things, don't they? Um, but, you know, no matter what age we are, friendship is important. 
Uh, and not only are our friendships important because we, we need people in our lives who care for us and who listen to us and who support us and who share life with us, but our friendships are important when it comes to being people of wisdom. When it comes to being people who skillfully live life God's way. And that's what we've been talking about, isn't it? As we've been going through this series, Words to Live By, looking at the book of Proverbs and what it begins to teach us and what it is that we find there about how we can live a life that leads to a life of blessing. How we can live a life which honors God and is, is skillful and wise and positions us to receive God's blessing. And I think if there's one verse that sums up what Proverbs has to say when it comes to to friendship, it's probably this one. It's Proverbs 13, verse 20, which says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for the companion of fools suffers harm. Uh, Or I like it as it's put in the the message translation, which says, says, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. And we've all experienced the the kind of truth of this verse, haven't we? You know, especially as we probably think back to to when we were children or teenagers or young adults. And the way that we people, the people who we spent our lives with, the people who we counted as our friends influenced us. You know, one of the biggest decisions that I made not long after I went to university at Manchester was the, the church that I chose to become a part of and the people who I kind of surrounded myself with as my friends. And those people became people who inspired me and challenged me in my faith. And it is no kind of exaggeration to say that those, the influence of those friends set the course of the rest of my life. And when we spend time around people with more wisdom than us, People who have have got a better handle on their finances than we do. People who have got a better marriage than we do. We find ourselves growing in the areas that they're better than us. And becoming more like them. Becoming more wise. If we get our friends right, it sets us up for success in every area of our lives. But the flip side is true as well, isn't it? Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Now, I imagine the first time that you acted out and that you you did something that you never would have thought yourself capable of doing. You know, whether it was getting drunk or treating someone in in a particular way or whatever it might be, part of why you did it is because you were influenced by your friends. You know, here's what struck me as I was thinking about this verse. My greatest regrets don't revolve around my enemies. My greatest regrets revolve around being with friends. I've done foolish things, things that I never would have done on my own because of the friends that I was with. And maybe you can relate to that too as you think back in life. So here's what Solomon promises us. He promises us that wisdom is contagious. That if you surround yourself with people who are skillfully living God's way, then it's contagious. That simply by spending time with them, you will become more wise. But here's what he warns us. The companion of fools suffers harm. And make sure you hear what Solomon is saying, because what what we kind of think is, well, it's just the opposite of what happens. And so if you spend time with the wise, you become wise. If you spend time with the fools, then you're going to become a fool. 
But he doesn't actually say that, does he? What he says is a warning that the person who hangs out with fools will eventually be impacted by the behavior of the fool. They will suffer harm. And that might be through getting drawn into doing the things that they're doing or having the thinking the way they think and sharing their values. That might be because you become more like a fool yourself, but it doesn't say that. It might be that you say, you know what, I can spend time with them because I will never do what they do. I will never think what they think. I'm not going to go there. I've got my guard up. I know that's an issue. But Solomon says you're still not safe. Because the companion of fools, whether they ever adopt the mindset or the behavior of a fool themselves or not, will eventually suffer harm. They will be harmed and they will be impacted by the behavior of the fool. They will suffer the consequences of someone else's bad decisions. You know, and I imagine you can all probably think of stories and times in your life when you've been caught up in something simply because of the people that you've been spending time with. Or the, when the people who you've counted as friends have done things that have hurt you. And what Solomon warns us is that regardless of whether you ever think like them, regardless of whether you ever act like them, that when you embrace them as your friend, you are in a dangerous place. Because eventually you will suffer the consequences of their behavior. And so when it comes to skillfully living God's way, when it comes to being people of wisdom, the friends that we surround ourselves with is so important. So let's take some time to look at the book of Proverbs and what it teaches us about friendship. And and as we do that, I want to encourage you to, to come at this and be open with your Heavenly Father, to be open with Him about the, the friendships that you have. The kind of friends that you've got around you and the kind of friend that you want to be. To allow God to speak to you both about the friends that you surround yourselves with, but also about the kind of influence that you want to be on the people that you're with too, the people that you call friends too. And and to start with, as we kind of grapple with what Proverbs talks about, we're going to look at a few of the different types of of friends that that God begins to speak to us about and is honest with us about and tells us won't do us any good. We're going to start by looking at bad friends. And this, when we look at this, this isn't about kind of looking at who it is who we need to cut out of our life. But it's about taking the time to realize what the relationship really is. And maybe then redefining how we understand that relationship, redefining the friendship with certain people and the influence that we allow them to have in our lives. Or maybe as we talk about these different things, God will put his finger on something in, for, for you and how you're a friend to others and how you're relating to, to others and how he wants to help you to be a better friend. So here we go. The first type of bad friend is a fake friend. Proverbs 19 verse 6 says, Many curry favor with a ruler, and everyone is the friend of one who gives gifts. And you almost get the sense in this word that the the word friend here is in quotations, don't you? That they're not really a friend at all. You know, this describes someone who doesn't see friendship as an end to itself, but as a means to get what they want. 
And this is someone who, who, who wants you to call them and to listen to them and to help them and to give to them. But when things turn around and when you're in need, they're never there for you. You know, some of you have the amazing ability to be generous with your time and generous with your emotions and your resources. You care for people in a deep way, and it's beautiful. But you are then at risk of people who will attach themselves to you, but are really fake friends. They've attached themselves to you because of what they can get from you. And this means that we need to have our eyes open to the reality of this so that we define our relationships in the right way and we're not looking to people and opening ourselves up to people and allowing people influence in our lives and the opportunity to speak into our lives as close friends. Because if we do that with these kind of fake friends, then Solomon warns us that we will suffer harm. So the next type then of bad friend is a rebellious friend. Proverbs 24 verse 21 says, The fear of the Lord, sorry, fear the Lord and the king, my son, and do not join with rebellious officials. What Solomon is saying here is respect God as the one in ultimate authority and respect those that he has appointed in delegated authority. Respect the rules and laws that are in place and the people who have been put in positions of power. And a rebellious friend is one who basically just does the opposite of that. This is someone who decides that they get to choose what's right and wrong, not anybody else. And they don't respect people in positions of authority, whether that's in a supermarket or whether that's in their home or whatever situation is at work, whatever it might be. And, and these kind of people can, can be great fun to be around at times because it's exciting and it can seem liberating and you do stuff which is just crazy and, and it can seem fun to be around them. But allowing yourself to be influenced by them will always lead to disaster. You know, as a teenager, this is where I know I got things horribly wrong. And I ended up doing things that I never dreamed that I would have done. And I, I can't believe looking back that I did. Because I was influenced by and I wanted to be accepted by and I wanted to belong with rebellious friends. And sometimes the whole reason that we've formed a, a friendship, the whole reason that we've got this connection and we kind of get on and we, is, is all around and about sinful things. It's because these people share habits with us that are our bad habits. Our bad habits and our sinfulness becomes at the center of our friendship and our relationship with them. You know, these are our drinking buddies who we, we kind of hang out with, who give us permission to do the things that we know are really wrong. And you know if you have this kind of a, a friendship that pulls you in this kind of a direction, if you feel a pressure to compromise, when you're hanging out with someone, you just feel that tension and that, that pressure to do something that you're a little bit uncomfortable with, to do things that you would have previously thought of as off-limits. If you find yourself saying, I'll go there, and, and I want to be a part of things, but I won't participate, I won't join in with what they're doing. 
If you find yourself wanting to try and hide who you've been with and what you've been doing from other people that care about you. And if you find this kind of thing going on, if you're wrestling with these different things and pulled in these different ways, then it needs to be a massive red flag. And it's not that you can't be friends with these people. It's not that you've got to cut them out of your life, but that that friendship needs to be redefined. Or eventually you will suffer harm. So we've got the fake friend and the rebellious friend. The next kind of bad friend is a clueless friend. And I love this because Proverbs is so helpful and honest when it comes to this. Um, These are funny. Proverbs 27 verse 14 says, If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. And Proverbs 25 verse 20 says, Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured on a wound is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. And here's what these verses are really saying. This is what this is all about. These are the kind of friend who is just clueless. And they have no sense of emotional understanding of you. You know, they either just don't understand you or they don't care about you. And they don't care about how you're feeling and what's going on with you. And so they're willing to step into your relationship and they're willing to come in first thing in the morning before you've ever had a chance to have your morning cup of coffee and to start shouting at you about how great the day is and how everything's so fantastic. And you just sat there kind of bleary eyed wishing they would go away. Or when you've got a heart, heavy heart, and when, when things are hard and you're, you're grieving and it's tough and you've been hurt by someone, this is the kind of friend who only knows how to be the joker. This is the kind of friend who only knows how to make light of things and, and, and how to kind of come out with positive platitudes to say everything's going to be fine. This is the friend who it's great to be around at the party, but is the last person that you want with you during the dark times of life. And it's a bad friend because it's someone who either has no awareness or simply doesn't care about how you feel and is just caught up in themselves. We could look at lots, but I'm just going to pull out one more kind of bad friend that Proverbs tells us about, and that's a loose-lipped friend. Proverbs 16 verse 28 says, says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. You know, if someone is dishonest in their business, or if someone is dishonest in their marriage, then the chances are pretty high that they'll be dishonest with you. If someone it comes up to you and, and you, you're kind of having this great conversation and it's fun and maybe you're enjoying sharing bits of information with one another and you, you're kind of gossiping with one another, then you've got to be really careful because the chances are that they're gossiping about you to others too. A loose-lipped friend is someone who it's hard to trust. And when we make them our companions, when we open our lives to them as our friends, we risk facing the consequences that Solomon warns us about, that the companion of fools suffers harm. And it might be that as we've been kind of talking about these different kind of types of bad friends that specific people have come to mind. You know, and, and you can imagine people and situations and things that have happened. And we need to think about that and to be come before God and be open with that and just delay those relationships and friendships and to be careful with those friends. 
and maybe think about how we need to redefine those relationships. Or it may be that as we've been going through those different things, you've just felt, ouch, that's me. That God has put his finger on something and he's highlighting something about the kind of friend that you are. And what God is wanting to do is not to beat you up and to pull you down and make you feel bad and guilty, but he's wanting to highlight an area of your life where he's inviting you to grow, where he's inviting you to let him in, where he's inviting you to, to allow him to work within you to help you to change. I say, just ask him to do that. Ask him to help you to be a better friend in those areas. You know, the great thing, though, about Proverbs is it doesn't just talk to us about what bad friends look like. It also paints a great picture for us, a beautiful picture for us about what true friends look like. The kind of friends that will do us good when we surround ourselves with them. How our friendships with people can help us to become people who are wise and skillfully live God's way. These are friends that we want to invest in. These are friends that we want to spend time with. These are the kind of friends that we want to open ourselves up to and allow to influence us because they will help us to grow. These are the kind of friends that we want to be so we can help others to grow. And so the first way that Proverbs identifies a true friend is that they are a loyal friend. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You know, a loyal friend is someone who is there for you through thick and thin. They love you at all times, in all seasons of life, in the good times, in the bad times, in the just plain ordinary times. You know, I, I came across a description of a loyal friend that I, I really liked by a lady called Irma Bombeck, who is a, a newspaper columnist in America. And she said that she said, a friend is someone who thinks you're a good egg, even when you're a little cracked. I love that. This is someone who, even when you mess up, even when you make mistakes, even when you feel broken, as well as in those times when you feel whole, they're there for you. When life is hard and you're struggling and being a friend is costly, they make the choice to say, I'm here for you no matter what. You know, we need friends like that, don't we? You know, the next way we identify a true friend in Proverbs then is that they are a deep friend. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says this. It says, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. And, and a deep friend is someone who doesn't allow your relationship to just stay at kind of a surface level. And sometimes these can be painful friends because they, you, they ask you how you're doing, and you're in that mood where you just kind of want to shrug and say, yeah, I'm fine, and they just don't let you get away with it because they can tell and they see that there's something more going on. They know you deeply, and they're discerning, and they're determined to do life together deeply. There is an emotional connection in your relationship that means, you know, unlike the friend that's clueless and kind of just shouts in the morning or sings songs when you're feeling down, unlike the friend who's clueless, this is a friend who knows what you need even in sometimes when you don't. This is a friend who knows when you need space and knows when you need them to be there. 
This is a friend who's grieved when you're grieved, who rejoices when you rejoice. And they not only see your, your needs, but, but they see your gifting. They, they see something of the call of God on your life, the purposes of God on your life, and they're committed to drawing it out of you. They are committed to your flourishing and your growth. So we've got a loyal friend, a deep friend, and the next true friend is a sharpening friend. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. A true friend is someone who tells us not just what we want to hear, but what we need to hear. Not just someone who praises us and tells us all the things that we're great at all the time. You know, we like friends like that, don't we? But a true friend is someone who loves us enough to tell us what we need to hear. This is someone who, when you spend time with them, you come away sharper. You, you come away alive and envisioned and with a greater clarity and focus and purpose. You know, I'm so blessed to have had friends like this at different stages in my life. You know, people like Matt, who we've had down a couple of times now to do the evangelism training, who are people who have sharpened me. And and this isn't always pleasant. The imagery isn't pleasant, isn't it? You know, sometimes it can be hard to hear what you you need to hear. There's a a friction involved. But it's the the friction that, that comes from kind of rubbing two pieces of iron together that causes the blade to become sharper. You know, with a true friend, you might rub against each other sometimes. might not always be comfortable in your conversations, but the friction doesn't end in conflict or destruction. It's not about pulling you down. The friction is there because they want you to grow and to be the best that you can be. You know, Solomon doesn't hide the fact that this can hurt sometimes. Sometimes it can cause a wound. But it's the wound of a surgeon that is cutting in order to bring life to do your, you good, not to do you harm. I said, I want to encourage you. You might have had people like this in your life who you've pushed away because you just found it too hard and too challenging. But I want to encourage you, even though it stings, don't pull back or push these people away. Because these are the kind of friends you need to hold on to because these are people who love you enough to tell you the truth. Again, there's loads we could look at. We're just going to look at one more way that Proverbs identifies a true friend, which is a counseling friend. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. You know, a true friend is someone that you can be open and vulnerable with, someone that you can confide in, knowing that even if they don't have the answers, that they will give you advice from the heart, that they care about you, that they'll give you wise counsel, that they'll take time to pray. They'll take time to to seek God and then come to you with an answer. And if they don't have an answer, then they'll point you to someone else who can help. And you know that, that whatever their advice is, that it's something that comes from their heart because they love you, because they care for you, because they want what's best for you. 
to help us down to sum this up, to get a handle on what a true friend looks like. I I love the way that Tim Keller defines a friend. He says this, he says, a true friend is someone who always lets you in and never lets you down. A true friend is someone who always lets you in and never lets you down. They're willing to share life with you, to be open with you. They don't push you away when when they're feeling a bit grumpy. They're consistent and they're loyal. And they're there for you when you need them. You know, and as I think about the way that Proverbs talks about friendship, I kind of feel two things. The first thing that I feel is a tension. And you might feel it as well at the minute, but I feel a tension inside of me, almost like I'm being pulled in two directions. Because as I think about all the things that we've been, been talking about, I'm left feeling like the message, if you were going to kind of boil it down to its, its kind of bare bones, is to simply stay away from imperfect people, particularly from people who don't follow Jesus. That as Paul says, bad company corrupts good character, so simply just stay away from people like that. And yet at the same time, I know that Jesus is called the friend of sinners. That he chose to spend time with people who weren't following God. People whose lifestyles were in opposition to God. And he was judged for it. And yet he did it anyway because he loved them and he was reaching out to them. So how do we resolve this this tension? This sense of being pulled in two directions. And I think Jesus gives us the perfect example of how to walk that line. Because when we look at Jesus, what we see is that he loved everyone, but he didn't treat everyone equally. He loved everyone, but he didn't treat everyone equally. He loved and he cared and he would spend time with anyone, but he carefully and purposefully and prayerfully chose the twelve who he was going to pour his life into, who he was going to invite into a friendship with him where he walked alongside them and did life with them in a deeper way. And out of the 12, he then chose the three, Peter, James, and John, who would be his closest, most intimate friends and there with him in his most vulnerable moments. You know, he loved the Pharisees, but he didn't trust them. And so he didn't invite them into close friendship with him. He, he kept them at a bit of a distance. He loved everyone equally, but he didn't treat everyone equally. And so this isn't about cutting people out of our lives and saying, well, because I'm a follower of Jesus, I can't have anything to do with you. But it's about seeing the relationships in the right way and choosing the people who we are open with, choosing the people who we invite to speak into our lives and to have an influence on us carefully and recognizing those that we can't trust those who aren't any good for us and keeping them at more of a distance and so i want you to think for a moment are there friendships that you have that need to be redefined are there changes you need to make when it comes to the people who have an influence in your life Not only people who maybe you need to 
to distance yourself from a little bit, but maybe people who you want to prioritize actually spending time with and investing in and giving that opportunity to speak into your life because you'll know they'll be good for you. The second thing then I feel as I think about the way that Proverbs talks about friendship is I feel challenged. It challenges me, not so much in terms of of who I'm spending time with and who my friends are, but it challenges me as I think about the kind of friend that I am. Could I be described as someone who always lets my friends in and never lets them down? And I'm not sure that I could. I have those times when I'm tired and I've had enough and I just want to kind of shut everybody out and be in my own little world for a bit where I'm not letting people in. And so the second thing that I want you to think about is how, how can you grow to be the best friend that you can be? What is God putting his finger on for you? What changes can you make, not only so that, that you can make sure you're not a bad friend and leading people astray and being a negative influence, but you can make sure that you're a true friend, someone who is calling the best out in others and helping them to grow in who it is that, they, that God has for them to be. But when it comes to, to friendship, Part of the good news that we have in Jesus is that we don't have to try and wrestle with these things and think about these things and try and become that better friend and and do all of this kind of stuff on our own. Because one of the amazing things that we see is that in Jesus, God draws near to us to restore real, authentic friendship, not only with one another, but even more so with him. Jesus is our ultimate friend. He's the friend who chooses us and sticks by us even when we're at our worst. He's the friend who loves us enough not only to to wound us by speaking the truth, but to take those wounds for us. He lays down his life and he is wounded for our healing and for our good. He's the friend who comes alongside us in the midst of our, our pain and is with us in every moment to comfort us and to strengthen us. He's the friend who has the wisest counsel and who was committed to guiding us and leading us to step into our calling and our purpose and our destiny in God. And Jesus has a beautiful statement in John 15, doesn't he, where he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you my friends. He calls you his friend. And he invites you to go deeper with him. He invites you to allow him into your life and to allow him into, to be the one who you are always open with. Knowing that he is the one who will never let you down. And when we come to Jesus as our friend, it frees us up to be the friend that we need to be to others. We're going to come to communion in a moment. If the band could come up and just get ready, that would be great. And, you know, as we come to communion, it's a time when we celebrate what Jesus has done and what he was and how he was willing to make this sacrifice in order 
to be able to be your friend. In order to have your friendship. You know, he made this sacrifice because he chooses you to be his friend. He took on the wounds that you and I deserved so that, he wouldn't ha- so that we wouldn't have to. And so as we come to communion, I want to encourage you to, to thank Jesus for his sacrifice and to take time to ask him. To take time to, to, to ask him to show you what relationships you have in your life that need to be redefined, that need to change who you maybe need to pull away from and who you need to get alongside and spend time with for their good and for yours. Ask him to help you and to empower you to be a better friend. And if you sat there this morning and actually you, you feel that, that God has, has highlighted for you that, that you don't have people who, who you could look to or who you could describe as being true friends, then to come to Jesus knowing that not only is he your, your ultimate friend, but because he's your ultimate friend, because he loves you and he cares for you, he wants to provide for you, he wants to bring people into your life who can be that true friend for you. And so ask him to, to do that, to bring those people into your life or to highlight people who are already there, who you can take time to, to come alongside and to invest in and to spend time with and to build that friendship up, knowing that it will be for their good as well as for yours. If we're going to be people of wisdom, if we're going to learn how to skillfully live life God's way, then friendship isn't this side thing which we just kind of happens in life, but we don't really pay much attention to or treat intentionally. Our friendships are so important. Because whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And if you're here today and you're not a friend of Jesus, then today is a great opportunity to change that. Today is a great opportunity for, for you to be able to come. And, and maybe your way of changing that will say, look, I'm going to come and take communion as my way of saying, Jesus, I'm receiving you and accepting you as my friend, as the one who took the wounds so that I didn't have to, so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be restored. And if that's something that you want to do today, then, then come and share in communion with us. But I'd encourage you to share it with somebody, to, to share it with someone who you came with, or to come. There'll be a prayer ministry team available here at the end. They'd love to talk with you. Come and share it with them, or grab me at the end. I'd love to talk to you. It's the best decision you can ever make, so please don't, don't waste the opportunity. Don't hold back this morning from having the best friend you could possibly have in your life, a friend who will always let you in, who is open with you, who cares for you, who loves you, and a friend who will never let you down is with you in every moment through the good times and the hard times. So we're going to come to communion. And the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are 
the best friend that we could ever ask for. That you are the friend who sees us at our worst and yet still chooses to come alongside us. Still chooses to say, I want to be your friend. Still chooses to say, I'll be your friend even if it costs me. Who chooses to say, I'm willing to lay down my life to sacrifice everything, to, to pay the price for all the mistakes that you've made, every way that you've broken our friendship, every way that you've destroyed our relationship. I'll take it all on me. So that our friendship can be restored, so that we can be friends, so that we can be close, so that you can know me and love me and I can pour my love into you, so that I can be there for you when you need me, so that I can comfort you, so that I can give you joy in life, so that I can guide you and lead you and speak wise counsel to you, so that I can sharpen you by the work of our Holy Spirit and, and shape you and mold you and grow you in what it is to, to become more and more like me. So Jesus, we come to communion and we just celebrate and thank you for your love, for your friendship, for your sacrifice. And we just pray that you would make yourself more known to us today. That as we look to you and fix our eyes on you, that you would make yourself more known to us and that we would know that we are not alone and that we have the best friend we could ever ask for. But Jesus, you know all the different things that have gone on in our hearts as we've been thinking about this today. And I just pray that you would come and you would give us wisdom to know how to handle the friendships we have and the changes we might need to make. Give us courage to be honest with ourselves about the changes we need to make in our own hearts so that we can be the best friends we can be. And God, where we're maybe feeling grieved and alone, comfort us that you're our best friend, but you're our best friend who loves us enough to take action. And so Lord, I pray that you would provide true friends for every person here that you would bring new people into their lives or you would highlight to them the people who are already there that can become that true friend for them. We love you, Jesus. Amen.